As much as I like to fight everyone, yeah, yeah. I'm having a pretty good time here. Why are you mad? Why are you mad? Why are you, Why mad? you mad? All right. Hey, Louisa, what's up? Hi, Jake. How you doing? I'm good. I'm just chilling. Yeah, we got a guest today. Billy Wayne Davis is in the podcast house with us. Welcome, Billy Wayne. Welcome. I just want to say, like, are you recording the Zoom? Yeah, no, 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 I'm oh, recording. no, no. I'm recording. I got a whole room okay. set up. I'm like, no, watch. no, nobody's okay, going to see you. You can do whatever you want. You can get well, me. I was also, That's what you wanted no, to do. There was no. I don't I don't use Zoom. I, I got like okay, a there was. Hole. I was just. That's cool because there, there was no recording thing in the left <laughs> corner. No, good catch. And I didn't want us to do the whole thing and be like. No, no, no. And I'd be like, I saw it. I just didn't say anything. You know? No, I know no. What, you're, what you're looking for. No. And but this is a good it. way to start any podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think everybody wants to hear about the production details. And Dude, I'm well, I so think good. If, any t- if at any point in time everyone understood exactly what I was talking about. Yeah, and you're like pointing, and so you know it's over here, the little thing. No, <laughs> I said no, the no, left hand no. corner. Yeah. It's like everyone in everyone in America at this within the world knows right. where the Zoom thing is. No, yeah. don't worry. I was thinking about this today. It's, it's a point of pride for me. I have, I think, the best production, like, uh, procedure for recording podcasts. I can turn this around in like probably ten minutes after we're done recording yeah. and it always freaks people out because people take months to put this shit out because they don't <laughs> know that you can just record directly onto the thing and then use macros and then it's fucking done. What the fuck is a macro? Well, whatever. Don't Let's not get into that. No, well, I think it's because uh, I'm also, I have a cannabis podcast that, you know, we're trying to figure out how to do the production the correct way and yeah. all that and I think a lot of it is A, People, they figure out a routine and they never really want to, like, like the first time they do it, they're like, well, this is how we do the podcast. And you're like, no, that's, that's a dumb way to do it because you should figure out the most efficient way for you to do it and put it out. And then if you need to hire someone else to help (laughs) you, it's not some, well, I've got some stuff over in this folder and then we put it. You know what I mean? Like uh, that's the I and also I don't know if you guys know about software, but, <laughs> but everything no. does everything for you. Billy Wayne, I did the. You just have to figure out what the made up word means. I, I know. Mean, yeah, that's the thing. And for the first year, I did that. I I would edit it, and it didn't take me a month, but it did take me fucking several hours <laughs> to like re- listen to the thing and edit it on Audacity. And I was just like, "This is how I know how to do it, Jake." And then one day he was like, "I'll help you." <laughs> like great he started doing it and he's like turns it over in 10 minutes i'm like oh you could have totally mansplained this to me like a year ago and done it instead of me doing it yeah i probably should have just done it i'm also a nerd no but you had other podcasts and shit to do but, but damn dude i just got honey all over me this is so bad nice segue <laughs> anytime my my intelli what i consider my intelligent it kind of friends uh tell me something that they know how to do i'm like how did you figure that out and yeah I would say 95% of the times they're like, oh, this is a tutorial. Yeah, you just mm. Google shit. Either yeah. it's like, you, I just, well, or it's the tutorial on the actual website of the thing you're trying to figure out. He's like, oh, it's, yeah. it's usually right there. He's like, it's all. It, oh, I never it, even thought of that. <laughs> and, he, and then he breaks it down even more. He's a smart ass, too. But I really love him. And he's like, it's why I'm very good at video games that I don't care about because I can go in and. <laughs> 
I'll do the tutorials for 30 minutes yeah, and yeah. then I'll go destroy people who've been playing for a year because I understand how the game works from a base level. And I was like, well, that's it sounds like cheating to me, Billy Wayne. It's nerdy shit and it's boring, yeah. but it does make it to where you can do cool stuff like this. <laughs> with the Honestly, push of a button. We have um it, I'm surprised it took this long for you to do that because especially with the stuff we've watched. Um Billy Wayne, have you ever seen Talk Hard with Christian no. Slater? No, it's like a it's like a what do you call that? Radio, C B radio kind of um Ham? Yeah, pirate. there we go. Like a ham pirate radio personality and the way the podcasters are now no that then, wasn't talk hard that was pump up the volume oh that was pump up the volume what was talk hard fuck i got high before this podcast honestly, <laughs> as you can tell uh the dewey talk, cox oh, story the dewey cox story <laughs> that's, that's walk is, hard that's yeah. walk hard but well, there's well oh. whatever forget talk hard then um but pump up the volume you seen that one with christian slater no no, no. Well, it doesn't matter you described it i it was i still hadn't seen it He's yeah, got the title. Yeah, exactly. So that's what it is. And then um, I recently saw another one, Jake, that is called. It's like even older. It's with that dude Andy Griffith, right? We all know this mm-hmm. guy from White Culture. The Howdy <laughs> Doody like, guy. No, is he no, that? no. He's the guy from the Andy Griffith show. Right, that's, that's how I know him. That's <laughs> what I meant. I don't know what I yeah. meant by that, but that's what I meant. Yeah, no yeah. time for sergeants. He's a. But he's it, a I wouldn't even say white culture. I would just say American culture, which is like a well, no. <laughs> no, when all the TV was super white and you're I like, mean, that's all you saw was like white culture on TV. Like saying American but, with a wink, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> but this one is called The Face in the Crowd. And it is um, like it stars Andy Griffin and he's. Griffith, right? And he's basically like this guy from the South who is like a traveling, tells like sings songs and plays his guitar kind of guy, but then like he stops musician. And tells, a troubadour, a troubadour <laughs> kind of guy, right? No, because he's a talker. It's not just that he plays music. He's not a musician. He's a talker, like a podcaster, a radio personality. Person. Like a whole one-man but, act. But in the 50s, right? I okay. say, or, and this fucking like radio lady discovers him quote unquote in like a jail somewhere in the south where she was doing um like a report on people in jail and she finds this guy playing his guitar and telling stories to the other people in prison and she's like this is the guy he's got the voice he's got the magic we're gonna fucking be rich and make him famous and the whole movie is about how he goes from being this like very authentic never wanted to be rich never wanted attention like literally go he like at one point at the beginning, he's like, oh, whenever I need a place to stay, I get myself arrested. That way I get a hot meal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's just traveling mm-hmm. the country, chilling. Hobo's the word, I think. You're hobo, like. yeah, but a <laughs> yeah. very, very charming hobo, right? Yeah, well. Uh, and, um, and then they he come becomes, from all walks. There's all totally. types. Sometimes yeah. so you got to use becomes, your charm to survive. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But it wasn't in this wily way, though. It was in a very, like, non-materialistic, you know, like, he's just. He wants to travel the country. Like a yoga teacher, like a like a <laughs> like a yoga teacher, kind of like a Zen, where he's like, like "Hey, a, people just like because I bring a good energy, people just hook hook me up." Like a Great no. Depression, oh brother, where art thou? Yeah, like just jump the trains, hobo. Like an old timey yeah. socialist. Yeah, exactly, and like didn't want to have a job and didn't believe in fucking the man or any of that. Just want right? to sit on a bucket yeah, yeah. and sing a tune but, from deep in your heart and exactly. gut. Exactly, but. 
he but I might fuck in. your lady, so watch out. That's right. That kind <laughs> absolutely, of, that, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, call absolutely. Absolutely mm-hmm. part of it. Handsome. He's still a drifter. He's still a drifter. So you got to keep an eye on him. Yeah. <laughs> and he becomes famous, and he goes to New York City, where he becomes nationally famous, and then it becomes an act and a persona and a thing he has to wants to do to make more money and sell. And he becomes involved with politics, you guys, with like, he realizes that he can use his platform to spread the message of a particular politician. So he offers politicians that he basically will sell them his platform. You get me? So that they in turn. You're talking about the American dream is what you're talking about. Man, I'm talking (laughs) about some certain podcasters. We know several, you know what I mean? Like it's like a full on. Uh, the line between performers and politicians getting blurred and the line between like this authentic storyteller and then when the story becomes a marketable thing that then owns you okay. and then destroys him. So I bring that up to recommend it, right? But also because it has the the Southern storyteller thing that I think is some of what we're going to talk about. So I've been like watching stuff like that, I guess. And we're going to talk a little bit about King of the Hill, but even, can I correct oh, yeah. you real quick on the Southern part? I yeah. think it's misidentified. Uh, you mean folksy because it's, it's, it's much more than just the South that that kind of shit. It's just any rural area is what that's representing it's not a southern thing because that accent too is it's like that old david cross like i'm from fucking juno alaska like it's a redneck accent it's affected uh in this weird way where it's like it (laughs) no actually that makes a lot of sense to me because i'm from florida and then i have always heard people say that florida is not the south and No, but I get it because they have the well, accent thing. That from about insane. Palm Beach South, it <laughs> turns into a, it's like a, it's like a different. Yeah, I don't know. Last time I was in Jacksonville, I, you, you'd have a hard time convincing me that wasn't the yeah, South. Totally. Yeah, no shit. It was like the yeah. the wet part of the South, but it was the South, <laughs> I think. Yeah, totally, absolutely. Um, but so while we're talking, I guess about these people. Um, yeah, Jacksonville's at lack a certain Latin flair <laughs> yeah. that the rest of Florida has. Like, I don't know, y'all, the music's still pretty shitty here, you guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, these um, people, because Florida, Florida's having fucking problems with vaccination and this connects, alright? I was just there. Follow I can me. report Where live. You? How's it going? I... This real quick because I've summed it up. Like yeah. I've been to, I went to Austin real quick and did like a just a man on the street thing. I wasn't doing stand up. I was just doing a, yeah. like a package thing for this yeah. other thing. You're a hobo, and then I went yeah. to. I, I mean, a well paid hobo, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> just figured out. Yeah, I just charm my way into. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then I went to Denver real quick to do like some podcast stuff, and then I flew in for one night to florida and out to do stand-up i've been vaccinated i'm clear it's whatever but like austin was interesting because like like sixth street still kind of like that threw me off i was like because i haven't traveled either so you know when you travel a lot you go to different places but it's spaced out so you don't think so i just kind of went in and i was walking my hotel at night and i was like what the fuck Oh, weird. The bars are open. I'm not, I'm going to go back and order food. That's really weird. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
but people were t- there wasn't a lot of people it wasn't crazy and then denver people took it a little more serious than texas and then yeah. i flew into florida and as soon as i got outside the airport it was like this thing didn't exist in yeah. a way where like you could see people every now and then with a mask but billy Wainer, i walked dear, in my hotel with my yeah. mask on and the lady behind the desk wasn't wearing one it was just like very i was like oh, it's weird when you go huh. somewhere and like the staff isn't at least doing it like the entire thing i was i was down in houston recently uh in like this i was going through like the suburbs like out in like the southwest where you know all the shit kickers live and shit and like or the suburb more like the suburban yeah like you know idiot like just trump voter type people and like yeah yeah not actual shit kickers but they would like you to believe they have kicked some shit (laughs) exactly shit kicker cosplayers right and uh i went to like side of the road bar and like yeah it was like it was just a different year like it would just like coronavirus just wasn't a fucking thing at all it was really bizarre yeah like the club the people had them on you know what i mean like the staff and stuff but most of the people in the club didn't. I mean, I wasn't. Yeah. I was far enough back that from the stage that I didn't. I was also vaccinated, so I, there was no. Well, this week, I think yesterday, uh, the governor of Florida, <laughs> they came out and they're like, they're up to forty-two percent of adults are vaccinated, uh, which obviously is like not even close to do anything to help. But it's pretty high for Florida, right? Surprising. Uh, that yeah. number shocked me. Yeah, I'll be New York, like, hey, New York, right. yeah, New York is over sixty percent. So Florida's not that far behind. But Dude, I have a friend who's from Florida, and he went down there to get vaccinated. And you know who they're they're distributing their vaccinations through? Who? Publix, the like oh, gas station yeah. sandwich place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like up here, Publix. I got mine at like a school or something. At least like a government fun thing. I got mine straight from the army or whatever, dude, in like a freaking tented gym. It was super creepy. It was like a movie. And I was yeah. Like, oh, I'm just letting these army men put our drugs into me. But okay, I believe you. <laughs> Let's do this. You get yours um, but this yeah. is what I want to bring up is vaccine hesitancy shit, right? Because it's like fucking weird. It's confusing. You guys, you see, you're seeing traveling already. Um, but the stupid governor of Florida was like, you know, in New York, we're up to 60% or 60 or more. And then the, the rules are still in place because not everyone is vaccinated, right? Like masking and mm. all the shit. And fuck it. And it's still like we're opening up in June, that kind of shit. But governor of Florida, this whatever his name is, he was like, uh, yeah, no, since the vaccine is free and it's available to anyone, it means if you believe in it, then you should get the vaccine. And if you don't, then you don't have to wear a mask. <laughs> and so I was just like, live in your bubble. If you don't believe it's real, you don't have to do anything about it. And if you do believe it's real, you get a vaccine. So boom, everybody's happy. <laughs> I'm like, that is not at all how this shit works. But I hesitate. To I mean, that sounds like a how a that sounds like the perfect solution to for a Florida, career yeah. poli- for a career politician. Like, hey, exactly. Was it Ruby? It, it also happy, sounds. Right? It also sounds like somebody coming down from tripping. <laughs> yeah, that's like a like you're like, hey, if you want it to be, man, it'll be. But if yeah. not, don't even worry about it. And you're like, no, <laughs> no, Governor McConaughey. I no. figured yeah, it out, exactly. man. I figured exactly. it out. You're but like, I just can't... chill. You're like, that's not your job. You're not. <laughs> I just can't even make fun of Florida because then also, like, we know people that are not getting vaccinated, dude. Like, exactly like you were saying, Billy Wayne, before the show, it's p- people of all kind, right? Like, at first I started being like, it's weird that, like, cops and uh, nurses and shit don't want to get it. 
Um, but it's also just like people are aged. There's comics who don't want to get it. I, no, I was going to say there's dingbats of every walk of life. Exactly. Yeah. That are like, nah, man, it ain't. Uh-uh. But yeah. so it's funny to me is um, I told Red you that I've been like suffering from a persistent cough since a few weeks ago only because I've like st- smoked so much more weed now than I did before the pandemic that it's finally caught up to me. And I'm like looking up like, how do you help your throat and stuff and i see honey and then i like tell you guys about it and you tell me immediately like the thing about pollen right you all had information about the pollen and the honey and what we could do to lessen our allergies and what's funny to me is i know a bunch of people who also or not a bunch several people in my life who also believe in like those kind of cures you know what i mean and have this kind of information but then they're like convinced that the vaccine is bad. You know I mean? <laughs> and I'm like, well, you, you mean you caught somebody in a wild inconsistency yeah. in America? Yeah. Of yeah. probably a weird right-leaning person. That mm-hmm. never happens, you know. Yeah. I was going to say I here's the thing about the right left. I lived in Seattle after growing up in East Tennessee and thinking I was like really far left and then going to like the Northwest and being like, Oh man, y'all got dingbats too. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Like this is like, it's like too like that weird horseshoe thing. Sometimes where you're like, but some of y'all just, it's, it's too much where mm-hmm. it's like, that's the, the left is where I first heard that vaccines will get you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like years ago, like, they're making our babies stuff. And you're like, I don't, I think, you know, every well, now and then that happens, but I don't you know think which, you've read into well, it you enough. Also, you know which one I have heard from the left? And then they are correct, though. I mean, I hate to spread anti. And I'm not like a right-leaning <laughs> person, but I'm just like, I, no, that, yeah. that well, thing. You seem like transcended, like left and right, kind of, which you should, because it's, you know, it's kind of a bullshit. Yeah. If you travel I, around enough, you realize it's. It's the, the same set of dumbasses coded in different political colors pretty it's much everywhere you go. Laziness. And a lot of it's like the culture of Christians. I think what I've told people now is like as someone who studied history and how this stuff's supposed to work. We live in a time where I have to lean left because mm-hmm. <laughs> everything is where I live is like pretty hard right so yeah. just to correct everything I have to be like this is the way we need to fix so much stuff just because we it has to go this way because if it doesn't it all well cuz we're careening so far to the right it's just a, a matter of balance at this point cuz we're like edging off into fascist territory and shit it's yes that's what i'm saying is like it is like a thing where people are like saying the anti-fascist or terrorists and you're like you guys can you hear what we're saying what you're saying (laughs) and they're like it's not my team though when you're like i i understand that (laughs) yeah yeah but let's back up and like it's like but i think and i didn't mean to get in this conversation but i do think it is the left has a huge problem with class. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, when you, I think that when you say the left has a problem with class, you probably mean like liberals, like yes, the American. Yes. What Americans yeah. think is their left, which is actually well, yeah. the left in America is starts with that. Yeah. And then goes farther and farther. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm like. If we're having that discussion, you have to include them because that's who we're fucking talking to. I is know, those but people. I don't. <laughs> 
all our <laughs> listeners are angry communists. So I just yeah, they wanted to I understand. But they're gonna have to engage with these motherfuckers to change I know. them. I know. Well, I know. that's the whole. I, that was the whole plan, though, right? I mean, for a lot of like the recent left movements in America, it was it, one of the big strategy was like, all right, we'll just fucking take over the Democratic Party the way uh, the Tea Party took over the Republican Party, and the idea was to raise class consciousness to to fix this thing that you're talking about. But unfortunately, the, they're little, already conscious of it. Yeah, they're kind of against it. It's the problem. <laughs> well, that's what I learned in Seattle real fast was. Uh, if I had $250,000, then it didn't matter what, who I fucked, what I looked like, any of like, that's what I realized. That's when I realized like, oh, there's like a different, like liberal, like this is like, this is. It's not left and right. It's up and down, you know? Well, and then to get in that. But it is left and right. Hold on. It is left and right because there is no possible way to engage liberals without making it clear to them what the difference is between liberalism and leftism. Mm-hmm. Because if not, we're just talking in circles around each other. So it is they important think that- to say to them and to other people, the Nancy Pelosi is not left, is not progressive. Because she is a Democrat does not mean that the left starts at her. It means that the two political parties in this country are right and center. And there is no left party and no left representation. So when people are like, Colbert is the leftist, you know, and like Samantha B, I'm like, no, absolutely not. Those are uh, centrist, left-leaning centrists, even, you could say. I, I would go as far as to say center-right, basically, yeah. is what the liberal party in America is at this point. But, I mean, the, the, I think I agree with you. The problem is that just most people don't think this, so we're in a situation where we're all using the same language to describe different yeah, things, yeah. and that's why it's like, it's really... Well, like, it, I think the problem with the left is the, the way language. it polices language. But I think I, that's... But I do you think, mean liberals think, or leftists? Yes, I think leftists... I think liberals and leftists get in this thing where they they lose who they're speaking to because and I think you both understand like you've had shitty jobs. Yeah. The way people communicate in totally. shitty fucking jobs is harsh. Yeah. It's you it's where you actually get sexually harassed. Yeah. It's like all that and I'm not saying sexual harassment doesn't happen in the corporate workspace, but yeah. the way they say it does happens actually in bullshit jobs yeah yeah um and you can't do shit about it because it's like they're like yeah you're fired whatever yeah. i don't care it's, you're yeah. making 11 cents to but i'm saying when i moved up in the world yeah like when i started working and i i'm you know i went to college i was i understand the corporate thing i went away from it yeah. because of stand-up and all that um and it didn't interest me but then when you dip back in and you realize, like, oh, the big money's in these corporations that you have to play this weird game. And that and how they police each other is an old class thing is you don't use certain language here or yeah. here or here. And mm-hmm. you use that. So we police you this way. And the left is really bad about policing itself out of winning the working class. 
I've heard this argument quite a bit in my circles, which is that uh, the sort of woke like <laughs> language policing is the language of HR, which is bougie PMC shit, yeah. and that yeah. the working class is generally more crude and rude. And I, I mean, I understand it, and I subscribe to it to a certain degree, but I think it's maybe some broad strokes because I think the reality is that the it's insulting, the, honestly. The, the idea that the working class is more crude and rude is kind of a bougie way of looking at the working class. I think the working class actually. The working class actually, I don't think, has a cohesive identity like that because the working class is much larger than the upper class. And so those are ways that people have been politically advantageous to characterize the working class for whatever reason or whatever thing they're trying to sell. Every story that I have about being in a kitchen and saying all sorts of fucking curse words and, you know, saying homophobic shit to my friends. I also have friends that worked at the same restaurant who were gay and trans and stuff like that who were having an opposite experience. Like, they're not going to be coming out of here telling you, I think every Every construction worker in the world is, you know, is saying the N-word under their breath or whatever. I mean, half of them are also marginalized people. So it's it, it, you can't. I don't understand your point when you went to the gay. Like, I don't like I know I'm not saying it's a good thing that everyone uses this language. No, no, no. And yeah, nobody thinks that you are. But so Jake's point and adding the, the gay and the trans people having a different experience, even though they're also working class, is that. Some of us within the working class might be used to like rougher language at work, let's say. That doesn't mean that, let's say, a trans black woman isn't feeling that that same rough language is actually oppression and abuse in a way because of their circumstance being much more precarious than ours was. You understand me? But I think it's neither here nor there because, in my opinion, the entire argument is uh, honestly insulting to the working class, but it's also simplistic because look at us all here. We are all working class people, the three of us. We fucking read the books. We know how to have a conversation about the theory and do it in regular language and be accessible to people and do these things. The, the ideas are not outside of the grasp of the working class. The language is not outside of the grasp of... The I'm grasp. not saying it is. No, I, I, and I don't think you are. But I, mean, I, I don't I, think but you are. The point I'm making is the upper class uses that language right. so let to me, police itself so and keep these I, people in a club, themselves in a club. I know, I heard you, and what that's what I'm trying to get at, is the use of language, right? And like literally, that's all we talk about in this podcast. <laughs> it's like every episode we talk about whether language actually affects anything or what it does. I believe language does. And the only way that we can actually communicate with each other is to establish that when we use X word, we we all have the same meaning for that word. All right. It could be a slur. It could be a word for identity or politics or whatever the fuck you want. But if a working class person doesn't use this word and has never heard it and nobody ever talked to them about it, and then a um, middle class liberal person uses it in a way where they... Um, weaponize it towards other people, right? Like the white women calling the police on, on black people for doing nothing, or they use it, as you said, to preserve their position or to try to achieve a higher position. And then the left uses it in a way where they're trying to deconstruct exactly what you're pointing to, right? Where they're saying, here's the way in which those power classes use language to keep us in our place. So in every way, we're all using language. The working class is using language to release the tensions of having absolutely no power in their day-to-day -day except over each other, right? I'm not, okay, I understand all the points you're making. I think my thing is... No, I'm what getting is to, this? but hold on, okay. I'm getting to the point of of this, like... 
we talk each other out of things and we, we're somehow unable to um, make connections with somebody in the middle or somebody on the right if we don't t- dumb it down or are nicer to them or any of this shit. I don't think that that's true. I think the reality is in talking about how we all use language and being honest about it instead of... Um, or conscious about it instead of accidentally communicating this way, right? So working class people should be having conversations among, amongst themselves about, let's call it HR conversations, right? If you are a working class woman, you do believe in feminism and in certain things and you want to uh, have a better workplace and a boss that doesn't grab your ass. You're not going to automatically be like, oh, this bitch is a liberal who's condescending to me because she's trying to tell me I, I should have somewhere somewhere to go to deal with this thing. So... I just don't think that it's Twitter. On Twitter, we see this. On Twitter, we see, oh, we're like doing all the little infighting and it's keeping us from getting anywhere. And um, this idea that like we push uh, center people, liberals, we push them away because we're always acting like they're not good enough and uh, we insult them and that kind of shit. But here's the thing. The reason I hate liberals, (laughs) like literally I cannot stop fucking making fun of them, is because... They are using language exactly as you said, Billy Wayne, to wrap themselves in a little cocoon of safety where they get to um, co-opt concepts, both from the progressive side and from the working class side, regardless of their politics, and then use it. You guys have seen what happened this week with the CIA account on Twitter? Oh, yeah. Woke CIA. Yeah. It was the hit of Woke the week. CIA. <laughs> yeah, they were like, Billy Wayne, they were like tweeting like oh, profiles of I their think, employees. I think it's... <laughs> What do you expect? I don't know what you expect from, you know what I mean? So this is the argument that happened on Twitter when that happened was there was like a bunch of people being like, like leftist, right? Actual people who call themselves leftists were like, this is why identity politics is bad and you can't use this language that personifies the identity of the individual who is participating in the system because the the powers that be will co-opt it to use against you the way the CIA did. It's like, bitch, why do you think they're co-opting it? Because it works. Mm -hmm. They're seeing that it works amongst us when we tell each other personalized stories about our experience about what we've seen and been with been through with each other and it's like the way that it works you might vote for this union guy because your cousin who you know said they trust him you know what i mean like that's how we do things in working class so well i think the cia's always recruited people like that yeah no I, because co-opting has always I mean, been the some tool of the first of spies the were homosexuals because they could keep a secret and live two lives it's, like that's like a <laughs> That's it's true. not specific. That's, yeah, it's Ken, not that's specific James Bond cannon. He's gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just it's not specific to the CIA. It's specific to the it's like general to the function of how language and power function together. You know what I mean? The language gets produced by the people actually using it. It gets co-opted by the small people who are in power. And then there's this even smaller faction who criticizes the way that that language is being used. And then both both of those other sides turn around and are like, oh, why are you so negative all the time? Can't you just pick a side? And it's like, no, idiots. You're both missing the, the, the point of how language can be used and how it could actually be a source of power for us, right? If we learned how to use our own language in a powerful way, the way that the rich interests do. Well, it's... It's more than just words. That's what the right does very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the, true. They, uh, I've, I've went to a bunch of rallies throughout my life, 
and I went to one working on the on the Borat thing this past year, and mm-hmm. I watched some of the stuff before, you know, knowing what I was going into, and I was watching yeah. the politicians before and doing this thing just to see what the crowd would respond to and what they did. And then I was also interested in hearing local politicians speak in public. That's a fascinating thing in 2020. Do you know what I mean? And the first thing I noticed was it didn't matter what, first of all, a a lot of what these, this, I I guess, far right, for lack of a better term, were saying is uh, with, what made me laugh and what made some of the other crew laugh is like a lot of the underlying thing is exactly what the far left is saying Mm -hmm. is like, like they're poor. They're, they don't, they like real true representation. And then there, you know, there's racist stuff on top of that. Well, that's what same diagnosis, different prescription. It's the, it was so, what was so funny was like, Oh, you guys really would like this guy if he would scream louder from the left, I think. And what I noticed, it wasn't what they were saying or anything. It's whoever came on and matched how they felt inside. But and you see it, how that is... It was that, never that, consistent right. either. But you see how all of, of what you're saying right now is about language and not about material reality. Because if you will recall... Uh, yeah, during the, the last I'm, presidential the election, people, hold on. No, when I know. you say language, that no. confuses people because you're intelligent. <laughs> no, because language includes words and the context inflection, of who, inflection, and emotion, is, the connection, the relationship. But when most people hear language, they just think words. Right. So, so I'm not. saying when you're communicating this, you're losing your point sometimes. Not, I don't think I am because I'm not usually talking... I'm only talking to uh, you. did with parents. me. <laughs> but you haven't let me finish yet. You would have gotten okay. context if you let me finish the sentence, right? So I forgot what I was going to say. What was the sentence that, the, what did I say about language that needed to be clarified? Oh, that it was not material, right? Okay. okay. So if you recall during the presidential election, uh, there was a moment where both the center and the left was really scared that Donald Trump was going to just like be like, yeah, we'll do. Um, nationalized healthcare, healthcare for everyone. If this man had said that, we all agree he would have won, right? And he would have won not because of words, he would have won because of a material offer that appeals to a whole lot of people based on class, regardless of their ideology. Dude, I would have voted for Trump if, we, if it means we all get fucking universal healthcare. He you know would what I mean? have had to do it before I would have voted, though. <laughs> I don't yeah, think exactly. I don't think no. with that dude. I know it's not real. It, it was never going to happen because he is... said a lot of crazy shit. I, I know. think with him, he really would have had to be like, "Here's the thing, everyone gets help." He might have won with it... his own base though, because he also like ran on lies the first time, and people still exactly. Voted and for that's him. why what I'm saying to you is not. It doesn't matter wall. because it didn't really happen, right? So it's just a. It's just a, a scenario that I'm provided for, yeah. providing for you to say that. All these people from both sides get won over by, from all sides, get won over by language, right? By the way, whoever's speaking and the face that's speaking at them and the history that you know about them and whatever, the whole context of that person selling you whatever they're selling you. However, 
there is a whole side of the left. And no, hold on. There's also the right. There's a side on the right that is extremely materialist, but they're super rich. And their material reality is if we continue to control things through a conservative way, I continue to be rich and get richer. They're right? material so evil instead of material. That's their material evil. Exactly. Well, they're conservative the makes left, sense because the they've left, always been rich. Why would you not always want to stay that way? That makes right. sense to me. I'm not That's a logical that. conservative. I'm not questioning that. <laughs> I am just pointing out that when we say there's material versus language in politics and in everything, or just in politics, there are only two sides that are going beyond the language to material. The only two sides going to material are the far right, who are being like, through language, I will conserve power and increase riches, and the far left, who are saying, through language and other things, I will achieve material things like college loan forget you know like specific things uh health care for everyone abolishing uh the police uh, reducing border patrol stuff like actual things that would affect the lives of line cooks and housewives and fucking maids and shit like that everyone else in the middle which includes all of the fucking democrats all of the centrist people are people who do not want change they use language purposely to obscure change and to stop change because comfort for them is nothing should change it's let's just go look at how much they were like oh i can't wait to go back to the obama what the fuck are you well you're talking about you're talking about the only middle class we have right which is that kind of (laughs) 150 grand and above which is not they think they're larger than they are because they all live in the same cities what i've noticed it is so they think that it's like everywhere, but they live in like five or six cities and it's just tech people. What it yeah. is, it's these coders. And I don't mean any disrespect to your, most of your audience. Um, <laughs> no, to me, uh, but I'm just saying it's these, to my face, fake email it's job. These <laughs> coders and they're what they are, are new factory workers when we had manufacturing so they can buy a pontoon boat and like, you know, like our grandparents could move to Detroit or Indiana and then, you know, live comfortably and then retire comfortably. That's what they're doing, but they're doing it in like out in San Francisco or Portland (laughs) or Austin. Yeah. And that's, and it is and, very and nice in those cities, but bourgeois. it's nice for them. But they're displacing exactly, and then they're displacing all the working class or poor there. But they're, without, they're, that's why I think what when we say and what we should say instead yeah. of working class is that they're the working class now, and and the people working restaurant and they're poor. We're it's we've got they're to like redefine surfs. it. We're it's like poor yeah. people. Surfs, yeah. It's yeah. poor people. It's like that's if you're true. doing that's service industry shit, you're a poor person. Yeah. And if you're if you're making one hundred fifty thousand dollars, you're working class. That's, that's how it point. is. But I, yeah, yeah, I mean, using old timey Marxist idea uh, vocabulary doesn't really quite fit here because it's the things are jostling around. It's going to have to because it's who you're communicating to. I I know, but what I'm trying to say is I think petty bourgeois (laughs) is a good way to define those people because what what is wrong with them is how they identify. Like, they're... Because you're right, they're under this fucking impression that because they all live in the same suburb, they're this ubiquitous class that the politics of America should be to uplift that class because they think that is everyone and they think that there are very few people who are like us, who are poor, when in reality we're like most people, right? So 
So those people building that weird class resentment where they consider themselves like the protagonists of the story of America and how everyone's going to sort of become them and then they're going to become rich and stuff like that is how you get basically both what is wrong with the Republican Party and the way that they explain it with, you know, this is happening because of Mexicans and we got to get rid of all these people and the, the fucking Democratic Party, which is that like, oh, you know, Mexicans can be the, living in the suburbs too. Like it's, it's all based on this stupid fucking idea of the suburbs. But I want to interject something uh, just into <laughs> between what you guys are talking about, because I think this is kind of interesting and it's also like, ah, it's driving me crazy. I'm reading this book right now for my other podcast. I think I'm going to have an argument with this guy on my show about it. Uh, ben Burgess wrote a book called Canceling Comedians While the World Burns. And um, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's all over the place. And I'm kind of furious while I'm reading it because he's talking a lot about this like language policing stuff and this like it's all kind of implying this question of like oh you know what's what's wrong with the left is that we're so unappealing to people because mm -hmm. we engage in these tactics that are essentially the same things that you know human resources use in the upper class to protect capital and that's not actually appealing and we're turning off the lump and proletariat and you know people that like to say curse words and that aren't perfect and stuff like that and that's all fine and true but I don't think like I'm like you Louise I'm a material like, I don't mm -hmm. think the way that we actually win as a socialist left in America is by talking everyone into, uh, you know, this idealistic just pitch of like, well, here's why you should be left. It's through material solutions. It doesn't really matter. And I think really what's going on with this agitation, this like resentment we've developed against the left in this country is it's actually an inside out version of the resentment that we have against uh, the, the right. So like woke being annoyed with wokeness is pretty much the same culture warrior bullshit as being, uh, annoyed with like Nazis and anti wokeness and stuff. None of it is very material. I don't think, I think it's become what it is essentially is it's the language of middle-class people arguing with each other, but by yeah. pretending to argue on behalf of poor people. So you've got people on one yeah. side going, poor people are all crude, and people on the other side going, no, poor people are all, you know, whatever, they're all super woke and all this stuff. And it's like, we're not, we're, it's the hugest population on earth. We're not all anything. In fact, we're by definition not really a cohesive flock of people because we're so fucking atomized and our lives are meaningless. So the way to appeal to us is just fucking offer the healthcare. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't matter whether it's like, our our party's woke or it's we use the right words or we purposely use the wrong yeah. words or whatever it's material shit but you well, know what's well, i don't i, totally agree I with think you, but i think what's, any censorship for for whatever reason is dangerous but it's also advantageous it, it cancels each other out every time that you use language that is like designed like so let's say you know pronouns like introducing the idea of like we're gonna all use our pronouns and that way trans people feel more safe and yada 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 that okay. you could make an argument that goes that actually fucking pisses off a lot of people who aren't here for this and they just want to talk about this, the thing we have at hand right but that also makes another person feel welcome so like what's the math on that you win one lose one i mean i don't see the, an argument where this yeah, stuff is exactly it's it doesn't it's like people that spell their name different it's just in yeah. that moment you're respectful to that human being in that moment that's right, what it's but, all about right, but the, so the, telling a stranger they can't use a word is that's i think but those are two separate hold on those are two separate things telling somebody they can't use words and saying like the the whole pronouns um movement thing of, but i was talking about censorship 
as as a whole, like saying, hey, you can't use these words or you can't use. I'm saying that's that's where a lot of that what you're talking about, the vitriol towards the left is coming. Okay, so no one likes to be told they can't use that word. I totally understand, Billy Wayne. But hold on a second, because this is what is driving me crazy and why it does matter what words you use. Okay, I'm not saying it doesn't matter. Hold on. I'm just saying nobody on the left is saying to anyone you can't use any words. That's the thing. Nobody, it's made up Billy Wayne, not one person on any left. You know who is liberal centrist Democrats? They are the ones being like, this person shouldn't be on TV because he said that that person should be taken off of their job at The New York Times. This person and they're all the hundred and fifty thousand dollar making a year. They're the ones being like, oh, fire, fire John Stewart for this thing. Fire this other person for that thing. And then the problem is people who are either apolitical or on the right. I see what you're saying. Turn around and go. The left is always policing us. And right. we're over here on the left going, hi, we didn't say shit. Yeah, we're materialists. Yeah. Fuck if you have pronouns or not, or you want me to use them or not. And I understand that there's some people. Today I saw um, there was a trans woman who was offended because somebody asked her to put her pronouns in her profile if it bothered her when she was misgendered. And she was like, no, that's the whole point. I shouldn't have to tell you every day that I'm a woman. You understand me? So people have different views of how they want to be talked to and talked about and all of this shit. But we can't get past the fact that this entire country is convinced that it's the left trying to put them in a little box of language and culture and behavior when the left is only saying, hey, look, all these people are taking advantage of us. It's our money. It's our work. We should have X, Y, and Z things services values you get me the center are the ones doing creating these tv shows because also remember we're all entertainment people no i know who you're talking about that's the working class i was telling you about this is literally the reason this happens is because the left is but this is an important conversation because i'm not involved in the far left stuff i'm trying to communicate to people that i grew up with in the rural areas like just come over a little bit. Well, this is a good distinction to make when you're trying to evangelize like that, because the thing yeah. is, the people that like, they're turned off the by are people that yeah. we are also turned off by, and the reason yeah. being is because we are materialists, and those people are idealists. And mm-hmm. when you don't understand, the most trouble material, I have is from rich like, liberals in my career. Yeah. yeah, it's from rich liberals. That's who I've I've had to deal with mm-hmm. negatively mostly in my career They're fucking and i horrible. would consider my, like i make enough money i'll consider myself in the working class now which yeah. is nice but i work really hard to Me it's too. a fucking hustle but uh i don't consider myself poor which is nice for the first time in my career yeah but i it's not like i don't forget that and there's so much uh also it can we just say and this is a side thing just to announce to comedy that I would love to clean up how people are treated at clubs and venues, but you have to understand that most of them are owned and or ran by criminals. (laughs) And I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean for the longest time, the only way to have keep a business in America like that was to be a quasi criminal. So, they're not going to ever be a corporation (laughs) HR at those venues, you guys. It's just that you can't keep 
As yelling a, at these criminals yeah. to not be criminals. That's that's yeah, yeah. where this is going to have to happen is like. I know, but you know what? Okay, actually, joke Billy thieves. Wayne, we got to call each other out in, in between amongst ourselves. You it's know what? like this. That's a perfect example, actually, of this like liberal problem. So actually, um, I would say to you that people who are leftists for real in comedy are not. They know the hustle. No, yes. no, I know. But, but that's not what I was going to say. We're not yelling like. I am not trying to convince anyone in comedy to be a better boss or to do things nicer because I know they don't care and they're not going to listen to I'm not to saying me. you guys. I no, said, no, no, I'm addressing, no. I said that comedy. No, I know. I know. You took I, it personal. No, I don't. I just always try to use I statements so that, that way I'm not putting my shit on other people, right? Um, fuck, I forgot what I was saying. Uh, about club owners, right? And trying to change them. Oh, okay. Another distinction between the left and the liberal center, all right? Um, in a comedy example, I believe in material change. So what do I do? I stop working with venues that I don't think do the right thing. I go make my own shows. I make sure that I have my values and the way that I do things because I'm a leftist who believes in direct action. Right? It's hard. Like there that, are. You know, that's so hard to do all and, that stuff. No, it is I'm hard. Just, <laughs> but no, it I'm, is. But it is. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with my career, but I tell a lot of people, "Fuck off." Mother. Yeah. No. Exactly. Me too, brother. That's why I love you. Yeah, no, exactly. That's why you're here, Billy Wayne. But it really fucking annoys me to con- to have the idea that somebody like, you know, I'm not going to name this person, but there's like comics. You know, you live in L.A. too. You must know many. So there's the ones that are doing the thing that you're saying where they're um, like tweeting every day about this person's a rapist and don't work at this club. And like they think that by putting on this like big language show that they are going to change these club owners and how they treat and as you just said that they're not changing you know you're they're not going to change because there's a girl from LA tweeting at them that you shouldn't grab somebody's butt or whatever the fuck but if more of you moved your asses and did your own shows and organized each other as comics and refused to work venues together because you know that they treat people so such so in such way that's the leftist way now the right or the independent way hmm is not to put you in a box is to be like well i can't change it and i can't fix it so i'll just take care of me right so but no i'm not yeah like i don't first of all that's not a like i don't understand how that's a rightist leftist way i think that's just like a working class i know people that you would consider on the right that are very fucking independent and, and told all these people to fuck off in the same no, right. way. I, I was saying so right. So I don't I was understand saying, that. Sorry, but I, think I was my, saying right and or independent as, as two separate things, right? There are people who are right wing and they believe it and they are that. And well, Yeah, and I just think my point is, well, my point I was saying was that when you're bitching about these places and these institutions, you're, you're showing your lack of understanding of what they even are to begin with. When you think that it's like this corporate job right. that you go in, but, and but okay, what would well, not yeah, saying anything so, accomplish? So, like, it's just right. why would not saying anything but, accomplish? I know what you're saying because there, there is this thing. A lot of people who do comedy, especially at the level where you make it to New York or L.A., are rich kids who've worked in offices and shit That's like true. that. And so they're yes. using the language of HR, and they're saying, "Why isn't there an HR department in this comedy club?" And it's stupid. I always point out that what's wrong with that is you don't understand that HR is not there to protect the employee; it's there to protect the company. So you're asking yes. somebody to protect the comedy club. 
from you. That's not what you want. Mm -hmm. You don't want HR. You want organization because organization is what protects the people who are workers from the fucking company itself. The problem is we're not really workers because we're like try like there's more comedians than there are jobs and we're like it's all fucked up. We, it's set up as a, in a way that's designed for scabs. So really, I think for me, you know, it's I don't. And can I correct you? I don't think it was set up designed for scabs. It was oh, set I, up. I don't mean set up. But like, it was set up as a, it wasn't. It was. A, let's be honest about what it was set up and when it was well, set up. That's not what I meant. It was set sure. up in the seventies when cocaine and cash was flying through everything. I don't. So it was set up to launder fucking money. I don't mean with that's a purpose. What, I'm not saying it was set up with a purpose. I'm saying the way it, the dynamics work is the that you you will not have collective action that works against your boss because there are too many people willing to come and take your job. Job, and there's no reason for your boss not to give your job to someone else. So we're in this precarious situation where what do you do to change these spaces? Well, you have to balance your own self-interest as a comic with uh, your ability to tip the power scales. And I think the stuff that Luis is talking about, like alt comedy and just setting up your own spaces, actually does work. And we're pretty stupid as an art form for not staring that right in the face and going, wait a minute, why have we been working with the same dozen small business owners who make money off of us for no reason, simply because they have the monopoly on a fucking Rolodex, a microphone, a PA, and a stage? Stupid. Yeah. We could set up some other way to do this, and the fucking industry people will literally come to your bar show. They don't give a shit. Uh, might be personally... That's my but take. that happened in around 1997, 1998 because of the internet. Yeah, uh, that's what it wasn't. It wasn't super. It, it happened a little bit before, but what happened before is all those clubs and stuff. They had all the relationships, so you couldn't just go to a city and be like, "I'm going to do a bar show here." I know like, that didn't exist. I've been doing comedy for a long time, like since I was. 20 or so and i'm like 34 now like i i remember i did it during myspace i watched stanhope do this shit for the first time and people were like you can do comedy outside of a club like i, I saw this stuff grow into but that's what, what i'm saying like it but was this is a bit, I, none of this is about what happened it's about what we're saying should happen right so like if we're saying yelling at club owners to change and writing articles about them doesn't produce actual change. I personally do think it leads eventually to some change. It's just those same people are not the ones causing the change. The real change will come when more comics and industry people realize that they should go out and do their own thing as opposed to continuing to walk the line of what's easy and improved. Being Which able is, to uh, be what you do, what Benson does, what... Uh, Doug Stanhope does. Right. Being able to be self-made will di will yeah. disrupt the monopoly that these small business owners have had on our careers. And yeah. I don't know that I see that happening all at once anytime soon, but I mean, it is nice yeah, to be able so. to exist outside of that. There, I think what's we're seeing it right now. They're just having more and more conservative, agitated, right-wing like points of view become the the you know the pylons Talent. of their yeah. the fucking little temples. Uh which is fine. I think that maybe the result of that. At the no, end I is think you're. I I think what it what happened, and I can explain what happened from a business standpoint. And I don't think it's as as political as you make it. I think a lot of these these businesses, they could. Well, these people don't know would, when they're being political, but they are being. Everything is political. Of course, but I'm saying it's not consciously 
what they're doing. Yeah, what, sure. they, what happened was they printed fucking money for about 20 years. And then the internet, uh, and then they got greedy. What happened was that these comics stopped coming to the clubs all and doing weeks, and they could go to a fucking theater. So they started thinking, why are we going to keep building this talent and stuff and when they're just going to fuck us? Which is, which is short-term money thinking. on their t- And this is where they fucked up. And they stopped building local talent. And then they started papering fucking rooms. And then so instead of doing that, the local talent started booking other rooms because they had no choice and then the clubs had this gap. They're like, where are the new where's the new guys that can fill rooms that are trusted and like and they didn't have that. So then they just start reality show winner, reality fucking star. Come like this, they start booking those rooms. So they it's just greed. Cause they were printing money and they're like, Where's the money going? Oh, it's because they left. That's our okay. We won't build these acts, and instead of realizing their place, which is hey, we build these acts, people trust us that these are funny, funny people. Well, what happened was they lost all credibility because they're bringing in fucking dipshits who are famous who can't do any live thing for an hour. I mean, I totally agree with you that that is what happened, but I think the like underlying problem with all of that and the system as it was from the 70s all the way until this day in 2021 is that comics and comedy fans and industry, they really insist on believing this idea that club owners, A, give a shit about talent or growing talent or that that's why they got into this in any way. Not even Mitzi, dude. You watch these documentaries where they act like, oh, she loved comedy and she did this out of the goodness of her heart and it was all to make you tougher and better. My fucking big ass dick, dude. This whole shit, <laughs> they are small business owners, okay? Yeah. The only thing that they care about is, wow, I think comedy seems kind of fun and I'd like to own a bar and be the cool guy at the bar that everybody says hello to when they come in and I can always get a free beer because, hey, it's my fucking bar. So I'll do this. I know 12 comics. We'll, get, we'll start that shit. It has a low overhead. I don't even have to pay half of these motherfuckers. Great. And then you expect those people to, A, know how to run a business, to know how to treat wait staff. To know how to uh, pay people. That's not who really. I'm talking. But that's not who I'm talking. No, about. I'm not saying you. I'm saying. But that's not who I'm you. talking about in these clubs. I'm no, talking about these people I, but, that still exist. I'm, and but, it's all but Billy this Wayne, system. I'm, I'm literally saying this is all of them. Every club I owner I have ever it's met. All the, I, every I like, club I've ever been to. I understand the romantic idea of like, oh, yeah. they're you know they're connected to crime and stuff. But like, it's the same. The, the crime that they are doing is the same crime that every small business owner does. It's all yeah. the same shit. They're all tyrants. Yeah. It's it, just that it, the ones in places where there's talent, they somehow get to build up this like, oh. Partially because comics allow them to be like, oh, that's my home club. If it wasn't because of you, I wouldn't have got... Like, you guys, not you guys. No, no, no. no. Too, I'll tell you comics. why comics allow it. I can tell yeah. you why comics allow yeah. it. It's because there's this dream that when you reach a certain level in this business, you don't have to think anymore. <laughs> you just have yeah. to worry about fucking stand-up, showing up, yeah. just, just being sober enough to stumble into the green room to adoring fucking hangers yeah. on to 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 be whisked into a, a comedy club yeah. stage with people screaming. 
Yeah. And that is a fantasy. <laughs> id of yeah. the majority of stand-up comedians yeah. that are being taken advantage of mm-hmm. by that system. That's Even the true. ones that are making a lot money. of money yeah. aren't making the money they could be making right. because of that. That's so mm-hmm. true. And I'm not it's the it no. is the truth of all. It's why you. It's why there's it's like there'll Motown. never be a union. You're you're it's, so right. But listen, and even it's not just your fault because like also because I hate the fucking club owners. So this is let me put it back on them too. It's a love hate thing. I'll tip yeah. the hat. They've gotten a shitty business. No, I know. They got out of it's, exactly. Anytime I, I see somebody's like I'm opening a club, I'm like, well, you're dumb. You shouldn't yeah. do that. Or or you connected to a cartel because that's the only reason or how you're going to get it funded. Yeah. Well, yeah, totally. Well, to put it all in um, class, in a, book, in a book class, me, I'm open. Yeah, but to put it all in a class perspective, really, those comics who think like that, who are even like, I read some thread today that somebody was talking about, like, oh, if your dream is to be at MSG, like, that's not you wanting to do comedy. Like, you should start with your dream is to write a joke and make people laugh. And then there's 1,000 steps between that and MSG. Do you still want to do this? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So this is where I see that. The way, what you just explained to us is this, like, weird kind of version of class mobility in comics heads where they're like, if I do X, Y, and Z and I work hard enough and pull myself up by my bootstraps and meet the right people and get the right network, then I eventually, like, graduate to this other class. This is how the grift works outside yeah, of comedy exactly. and regular politics. Yeah, yeah. Which is also what is happening, I think, with small business owners, because a lot of small business owners are working class people, right? Or like the, the old poor working class that we, were, we just renamed with Billy Wayne. So then they buy businesses as this way of like an idea at class mobility. Like if I buy a business, then this will be a way where I'm not the working dog every day mopping the floors and doing all these things, but I make money and I have property and I ascend in class somehow. And because of that, that, that like desire to move up comes for both of these people with a don't think about a how you personally are getting abused maybe but also b how you're stepping on others or allowing others to be stepped on and it creates this fucking like everybody eat each other kind of yeah it creates atomization instead of solidarity yeah Yeah, if if you want to get into comedy or the entertainment business read Chappelle was right read pimp Read that by Iceberg Slim. <laughs> Slim. Yeah. And I'm yeah. not saying, I mean, it's the, like, yeah. a, a guy named Chad Ryden in Nashville, Tennessee. He's still there. If you, He's the comedy godfather of Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. He gave me that before Chappelle said Amazing. anything about it. I read it as, you know, as an open micer. Yeah. And the parallels were, uh, <laughs> you know, even as a 21-year-old kid was like, oh, and then slowly realizing through it that uh, that knowing where you're at on the pimp chain is just as important, if not yeah. more important, than being the pimp most of the time. Yeah. Is understanding who you're working with, why you're working with them, yeah. what you're needing to do, um, that, hey, this is we're passing in the night. I need this. Mm-hmm. This doesn't thing. I don't necessarily dig the way you do this. Yeah. But yeah. we did this thing, and now we got to move along. Um. I just think where I saw 
and it was a it's a class thing in comedy. I mm-hmm. think is the problem more than left and right is a class yeah. thing. And I think I came into this saying that the left has a problem, and it's the liberal, it's the class part of the left that has the problem, and that's the problem I've dealt with is telling me what I can say or what I meant. Yeah. Um, that was a lot. That was. Yeah, yeah, or try to explain to you your own experience. And this was before Twitter yeah. was, like, canceling. This was, like, yeah. when I was in Seattle early on, there was, like, this thing where it was, like, oh, this, this, and this. And I was, like, yeah, but what you're saying is actually racist. I'm yeah. saying a word and proving a point. Yeah. But there was, like, this miss because of certain words. Yeah. And that's when I started really understanding the class part of it. And then when I really noticed it was when i moved to la or i started doing general meetings mm-hmm. or i was in new york for a little bit when i and it there is a there were people who i didn't think were very funny or talented or even work that hard yep. that were getting or selling things or doing things and at first i didn't understand And then they, it, they have PAT or what is it, PR teams? And no, it wasn't that. even, it wasn't rich kids. No. As far as like spending their money, what they yeah. knew how to do was speak to these money people. Right. They were used to being in these rooms. They knew how to ask for money mm-hmm. or demand it or be entitled to these things that I think certain people that because Because the internet, again, uh, it made being an agent and a manager hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, they used to be able to go in and be like, okay, this is a poor person, but he's a brilliant comedian. Mm-hmm. We're going to build a thing around him or a poor woman. Like Br- Brett Butler is probably a great example. Yeah. There's no way Brett Butler going in and speaking without representation gets Grace under fire. Yeah. But now Grace or Brett Butler, if she came out today, would have a hard time getting an agent because she speaks her mind and is so different. Yeah. And they're not like, I can't take her into this Viacom meeting or this network thing. Like that's when I started like, Oh, and because I'm decently educated by progressive yeah. teachers, I could recognize the language stuff mm-hmm. or understand because if you're, if you're brought up a certain way, you don't know to ask for money. That's insane. Yeah. That's an insane thing to do is like, hey, I just think you should give me $25,000 because I have a weird idea. Yeah. Like, that's a weird concept for yeah. someone that grew up bailing hay. Yeah, when you're and poor, you feel football. very undeserving of money. Yeah. Like, or you, you understand it. that it has a value that you don't, like, to you, it has you a different value. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. like, it's not even like, like you don't understand money. It's like you do understand it so you understand it too yeah. much yeah whereas they what yeah. once you're above a certain like level of wealth money is meaningless because it it's is like, meaningless it's, it's, like, yeah. it's like being a, a truly poor person yeah it's like this means nothing yeah. this is like it's why they can't yeah. you know some people it's hard to pull people out of poverty exactly. because of a mindset Th- this is but, but you, I, you know what oh sorry go ahead well i was just gonna say we're a little bit over an hour and i Uh, this We didn't is all. Talk about King of the Hill. <laughs> yeah, we're arguing about America, which is fun. Uh, and, it's good. And I good, like it. But I really want to talk about King of the Hill. So let's 
get that in before we close. Okay, can I say one last thing? Because actually, I think uh, it's related, and you guys might get it with me. Sure. Um, you know what happened in the last, like, let's say, ten years with like the push for diversity, right, in comedy? Because I think it's related to everything that you've been talking about, Billy Wayne, mm-hmm. of like a the explosion with the money and with the internet, but then also um, with the like class stuff, right? Yeah. It, like intersected because all of a sudden we did have this like. All the agents and managers, are, or at least they used to be, were rich people. <laughs> you know, they were of, an, of a higher class. And then all of a sudden, people are turning around and saying to these same fucking rich, mostly white people, hey, you should have diverse lineups. You should find mm-hmm. talent that talks about these different experiences. But what the fuck do they know what yeah. a black person is supposed to be talking about or what an immigrant is supposed to be talking about or what a poor person from the South, you know, like they don't. So then they turn around and depend on like people like me and other people to tell them what to like while they're getting paid $300,000 to have keys to the door. You get me? But they're mm-hmm. not doing the work of getting to know any of the comics performing and the scenes around the country and the content of their work, or, you know, like any of it, any of it, until... The, so the only people getting through to them are the ones who have all the connections the way that you said, Billy Wayne. And it, it sucks. Like, I just don't think it's fixable. And I don't think we can change the agents or the club owner. Oh, no, no, no. Here's what's no, going to happen. And, and, I, and know, I, don't, I know you're not Here's the good thing. It's, yeah. not, it's not fixable. Here's yeah. the thing, though. It will crumble upon yeah, yeah. itself because what's happening is they are old. And they've been making money mm-hmm. since the 80s. Yeah. And they've been hoarding it. And they've been holding all the networks and all the mm-hmm. club system they haven't changed it because they haven't had to. Yeah. And instead of changing it, they're just going to leave it. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're going to retire and it'll crumble. And the people that are preparing, mm-hmm. doing podcasts, understanding how they like that can do all the stuff themselves. Yeah. See, so we're back to words mattering and eventually well, going to material reality well, change. Yeah, I mean, it's a cycle. <laughs> there's this thing in like comedy and like I'm sure in every yeah. art form where like really liberals who cannot see the entire picture, I think, want social justice. But the how how to is like, well, I don't know. So all I'm going to yeah. do is sort of like demand to hold people accountable within my own like industry or my own fucking yeah. scene or whatever. And that's always so short sighted because I think what Billy's saying is right, which is that it's, a lot of times when we ask ourselves how to affect this thing at all, the answer is like, oh, our industry, it's a subculture that we have no control over. And mm-hmm. as the great tectonic plates of society underneath the whole fucking thing shift, all of it will change. Now, you yeah. might be a socialist and say you maybe have some control over forcing those tectonic plates to shift, but that's it. So when people ask about like, well, how to make lives better for comedians, I say pass fucking Medicare for all, because that means as uh, if all of society has access to a better life, that includes comedians. And that does change across the board. All of our fucking things. I don't say we need to specifically set up a fund for comedians to do their art. No, that's not it. That's not it. It's, it's not, not it. that, and it's not stop booking these four and men. And no one got and in. Not, yeah. and here's another bullshit thing too. No one got into stand up 
comedy to help other motherfuckers. Right. <laughs> no right. offense. It's a selfish. It's a selfish it grift. A, I got into it because I got tired of working in teams and having to depend on motherfuckers I knew yeah. that were going to fail me yeah. and I can handle me failing. Mm-hmm. I get irritated when you don't do your job. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So that was part of what I, like, that's part of why I got into this thing. So, like, we can collectively help each other and yeah. we have. What happened was, I'll tell you what happened. This is a great, great like success story uh-huh. for the do-it-yourself movement. Was yeah. a lot of those we just went and booked our own rooms. Yeah, help my home club. Uh, in, you know your home club's always going to be weird, but I couldn't yeah. get a, like a decent headlining deal with them. Yeah, so I was like, that's story. fine, that's fine. It's you know, and I wasn't offended. It was yeah. just like, hey, this I understand it's home club shit, whatever. Uh, so I just went to a rock club did mm-hmm. it there a couple times, yeah. did well, made a little more money. And then popped in. The owner was like, hey, let's work on your deal. Let's do this yeah. better. Like, and it wasn't like he wasn't mad at me or anything. No, he was yeah. just like, oh, yeah, no, I just he's a businessman. Yeah. And he was like, why would I change what I'm paying you for the last fucking yeah. until you see any different? And you're like, that's fair. Totally. I'm going to go do this because yeah. to him. Yeah, I remember that he saw me as an MC for fucking eight years. Yeah. Just in his eyes, and then happened to pop in one night when I was destroying featuring for some yeah. one of his old buddies and was like, Who the fuck is he literally said that to the manager, yeah. Who the fuck is this? And he's like, That's yeah. BW. He's like, Oh, I didn't know he was funny. That's yeah. what he said. Oh Which and I thought yeah. I I remember taking that as a huge yeah. compliment. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas like, oh, like good. yes, finally good. you think they're funny, yeah. But I'm not going to pretend because I have done all this stuff and existed that this industry and business is going to run different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I can go change my part of it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, But then I also think changing our part of it um, for some some of us are in some areas is talking about it to each other because some of some people are not oh, aware we that have they're to being know pinned who's out. Who yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, and we gotta tell each other there's a better future than this. You could do better. And on top of another yeah. part of what I was saying about the fantasy part yeah. of what they want, also we have to admit that the really good comics are smart. Mm-hmm. Most comics are stupid assholes. <laughs> Maybe you. So could- you're asking. You heard it here first. (laughs) No, it's just like then I'm talking about most of our friends. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, maybe. Sorry, guys. You could change people's minds about something by writing a really good episode of King of the Hill, which is a show that I'm more interested in that than. And I'll tell you guys this: I'm going to do some stand-up for a while, but I'm 40. I've done it for fucking almost 20 years. There's a part of it that is boring to me. I have a couple Mm -hmm. more things I'm planning to say and release. But it's there's been a couple of opportunities lately that aren't even opportunities that could be opportunities that I've been like that interests me on an intellectual level and I can say different stuff and yeah. not and be home and raise my kids. Totally, man. No, and I will remind you before we go King of the Hill, uh you can always come back whenever the fuck you want. You don't have to keep doing it all the time and do this grind shit and be like, Oh, I don't. Yeah. I, I changed before the no, quarantine. Exactly. I wasn't touring like everybody yeah, else. Yeah, no. And like, I'm like, uh, uh, I learned on that music tour, like, Oh, this yeah. is so much smarter. 
Yeah, exactly. Do other things. And if you don't fucking do stand up for two years because you're writing, who gives a shit? You'll come back later. Um, but uh, I might not. This whole writing not. thing, this, the whole reason we had invited you was because um, I guess we all separately heard that there were rumors that King of the Hill was going to be rebooted, right? Was that it? I, the the rumors it's like fifteen years in the future is what that's oh, what I've heard. Fifteen wow. years in the future, like where they be, left out. Yeah. So we'd get like a adult, oh, not future oh, of here, oh. but like future yeah. from like from where that's okay. showing where it ended. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, that's yeah. like that's just that tracks with real time, right? Didn't the show yeah. end like fifteen years ago? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing, but we don't know for sure if it's coming yet, right? But no, this is all from a dude. I think Brent Forrester did a Reddit. Mm-hmm. AMA, and oh. then some people were like, "Hey, there's hot negotiations." That's kind of yeah. like, so it came well, from that. Like I've traced it to find got out. It. I so. see you're like I dug, I dug, and uh, when we all heard, I saw that you started uh, tweeting about how like if it's coming back, they should have you. They hire, they should hire you as a writer. And I was like, that would be so fucking perfect. And I wanted you to come on and talk about it. Just like let's have a campaign chat about why you should. Um, and in general, just because I know Jake, Jake has a tattoo of Hank. <laughs> I am from Texas. I yeah. am also, I would like to be involved in the King of the Hill project if it does <laughs> yeah. happen. Yeah. Uh, I literally have a Hank Hill on my arm. Like, it's, it's very that- close to my heart, which... Uh, I think it extends to the South. I'm not a, a Texan. Uh, I don't. You know, I think it extends to most of like the rural communities. I, I would even say rural. I would say middle class and below across every yeah yeah. It, it appealed to me in Miami and mostly that's Latin what I'm American saying. Like, like if you look yeah. at like it transcends. Like one of yeah. I was watching an episode the other day. It, it's like. There's like little lines yeah. uh, that you forget. Like it's when Cotton first kind of comes in the second season, and he visits with his pregnant wife that yeah. Hank went to kindergarten with, uh, <laughs> and uh, Con comes over, and Bill goes, "Hey, he's Japanese or whatever," mm-hmm. and and Cotton <laughs> walks over to him and waddles. He goes, "No, he's Laotian, ain't you, Con?" Just that kind of like subtle. Attention, wait, wait, like, that's so funny that that's the one that you brought up because mine is also one from Khan and Laos because it's like my ex-boyfriend who I was with for like 10 years we literally like anytime Laos comes up like in Olympics like in anything we like look at each other and say it because it's one where I think it's when Frank uh, when Hank first meets him and then he said he like asks him what kind of Asian he is or something uh-huh. like that and then um, Khan goes I'm Laotian and then he goes what ocean <laughs> like <that>. like, <laughs> and so every time we hear the word Laos we just look at each other and go what ocean <laughs> and then Khan answers uh, no ocean Laos it's a landlocked country in southern Asia <laughs> like I know exactly where it is oh, on the map the Khan joke that made me laugh real hard recently is I was watching the episode where they uh, they're at Buckley's funeral and Khan tells this like parable from like whatever uh, the tiger he's like yeah. the tiger it's out running a, a dragon or something and yeah, yeah it's like a parable or whatever yeah. morality tale and then fucking uh hank leans over the pews and goes what kind of guy tells a joke at a funeral <laughs> <laughs> god damn that show was funny what man. kind of guy tells a joke at a funeral yeah <laughs> amazing yeah exactly yeah. no it's really awesome i actually put it on to go to sleep most nights it's, it's great man thing. well i mean um, king of the hill is yeah it's it's almost like i'd say it's 
pervades millennial culture. Like, there's a lot of, like, King of the Hill shit posting and deep-fried memes and stuff like that. Well, years after it was off the air, um, my guy on my arm is kind of like that. He's got, like, a tattoo. He's got a... Uh, uh, prison tattoo a teardrop like he killed somebody and the fucking <laughs> i'm gonna put a stick and poke on his neck that says pro hyphen pain like he's a psychopath <laughs> uh there's uh, i just think he's it's just such a representation of true representation of american culture that, uh, that's why it transcends right that's why it's so yeah. pervasive it's uh more than the simpsons because it's even when it's cartoonish it's mm-hmm. it's cartoonish in a way that people are yeah uh, like even like there's a. I've always think I'm gonna get all sentimental. I have to go here in a minute, yeah. but um, it's he's always spoke to me. Like my dad and I used to like watch Beavis and Butthead and then flip the channel when my mm-hmm. mom would come in, and like in the office space, like these like things he did spoke to me in a way I didn't understand until I started doing comedy the way I did and realizing my style was like and I think it was the movie Extract I don't know if you've guys seen that yeah, that's seen his that. last one yeah. with Jason Bateman yeah it's uh, one it's of like my a factory workers yeah he's, like, they, yeah. they make mm-hmm. vanilla extract yeah. uh, uh-huh. and Milo Kunis is in it and yeah. then the kid from uh, from Schitt's Creek is unbelievable and yeah. he steals the whole movie but yeah. my friend Jesse Perry who is somebody I started stand up with, and then he's the first person to figure out like I don't like the lifestyle. I like doing the jokes, and then gave it up in a way that I was like, "That's incredible!" Cool, yeah. Um, yeah, I love every single part about it. So bye. Yeah. Um, but he lo- he and I are similar. Our sensibilities are very very similar, and he didn't like extract, and I loved it immediately, and it bothered you know when someone you relate mm-hmm. to like he didn't like it i was like he's wrong he's he loves yeah. it <laughs> and uh i i was like i, so I didn't I was, like it yeah well you didn't like it no well, well, I I'll like t- so i went after him shit. and i was like it's yeah. a motherfucking character study it's yeah. not a okay. comedy the yeah. comedy comes from each character and yeah. the 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 plot is it's just like a normal weird kind of plot yeah. but the true like David Koechner's character. You're right. That, yeah, it's he's he makes you angry because that's what he's supposed to do. Yeah, it's this realism, and I was like, that's why I love King of the Hill. That's why I love Beavis and Butthead. That's why I love Office Space. It's it's like oh, not Daria. I love Daria. Um, Daria's good. Come she's on. not exactly for me. Yeah, you know no, I mean? exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and I got the brilliance of Daria, and I was happy she existed because I have yeah. two younger sisters. But yeah, I'm not going to say. Yeah, it's like you know, it's like no, and it wasn't. You don't it like was sex in the not, city. You're like, no, it wasn't. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, no. And I do like some of it. It's funny. It's like yeah, um, and it, it's <laughs> definitely not his best anyway. But no, but and he was getting to King Leo. What are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, was yeah. he involved with Daria? I know it was a spinoff, but like, was he? Oh, I don't know. Directing? I don't think he it? was super involved with Daria. Yeah, I think, I think it was, it was maybe not. Yeah. No, I think the creative. I think he was smart enough. To be like, I can't ride a lady. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Okay, um, okay. And mm-hmm. Pamela Adlon's always been in his orbit. That, mm-hmm. That's also a good sign of comedy. Yeah. Oh, she's um, so funny. But that's what I realized. Like, oh, I'm 
the way he sees people, they're always believable. Mm-hmm. They're always like real. Even the cartoonists, there's like people yeah. that before this, the anti-hero was popular. He was making these kind of shitty people human. Mm-hmm. He was making human beings is what he does very well. And I think that that was what I try to do in comedy. It's like why I get mad at people who are like, they're like, couldn't we, should we say you're Southern? Should we put that on the yeah. thing? And I'm like, no, my name is Billy Wayne Davis. Like, <laughs> you don't have to mention where I'm from or yeah. any of that. I don't have to. Mm-hmm. I'll do it because some people just wonder the specific place. I've realized that. And they're like, Texas? And you're like, close, <laughs> fuckface. Um, <laughs> but it is... Uh, that's that's your version of where your parent's from. <laughs> but it's like... Yeah. At that, where you're really from. Circling back to yeah. the, you know industry people it's like the out magical story of like i didn't realize i was a mexican comedian until i moved to la yeah it was like i swear i didn't realize i was like a southern comedian until i got to new york and la because that's when they yeah. started putting me i was like no i'm this dude that has a point of view i thought that's what this is yeah and i don't then know you realize real quick you're like that's not what they're doing in tv at all yeah but some people still are and that's why when they brought this show back other than like Ben Best and Jody Hill, those dudes, you know, and I got to work with Sasha, which was a dream job. Yeah, that's cool. Like, Can't believe we was, didn't ask you about that at all, and we just made you talk we'll about politics. Guess <laughs> <not, laughs> what? I signed a bunch of papers. Not a lot I can say. Oh, oh. really? Okay. That's oh, fine. come that's on. Cool. Oh, yeah, of course. You got to keep Most it of that gig is signed in the NDAs. Yeah. Um, but that's the King of the Hill when as soon as we got it, like that, I heard that. I was like, oh, that's a job I would want. Yeah. Like I've applied to be on staff before just for the paycheck. Yeah. I can I don't have a problem admitting that. Yeah. I don't understand why some of our friends are like, no, dude. And you're like, you no, know, it's if, that's why we It's a re- job. If yeah. anyone from Hollywood is listening to this podcast, I think I would make a good uh character, like a one time character in the episode where Hank Hill discovers like Antifa or something and he's like, Whoa! and uh I don't know, you know, go from there. I'm not the writer. I just want to I just think Bobby Bobby gets really Oh my gosh. I just think he gets really he woke. has I do think for sure he yeah. gets woke. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because of the way yeah. he is. Yeah. He's such a boy. Th- yeah. And I think he's married to Connie and and because she can travel and do these uh she's an accomplished uh probably orchestra musician so they can live in portland or seattle and he got fucking he's doing comedy up there but he got like overwoke in a way that's like portland austin-ish no offense (laughs) no offense jake hey i'm from houston Um, i'm houston i know i'm just uh, houston's actually my favorite city you know it's really cute to me i hope I hope neither one of you thinks this is um, offensive, but I, and I maybe have told you this before, Jake, but somebody on Twitter one time said that they were like describing King of the Hill and they were like, uh, it was the first soft boy representation uh, (laughs) because of Bobby Hill being like, you know, the first representation of like, your dad wants you to be like a football guy that eats meat and does the stuff. And he's just like, I like birds and I like poetry. (laughs) You know, like it does girly stuff and it's feelings. There's literally an episode of King of the Hill when, uh, Hank is talking to some random guy and the guy's like uh, he's asking what his son does and he's like oh I don't want to say and then the guy goes (laughs) he's a stand up comedian (laughs) 
in no, no, no. It's in <laughs> no, it's Ted Danson. I know this episode. Okay, it's right. my favorite yeah. line in the whole show. <laughs> yeah. It's the guy that's been been tricking Hank. Is the car dealer that's been just just rake like raking Hank since high school. Yeah. And then Peggy figures it out because you know she's Cause done all the research, like he was giving him a uh, the a great deal. deal. Yes. Yeah. And so and then, Hank was loyal. And then he goes in and figures out, oh, you motherfucker, like you've been yeah. lying. And then the guy has his son, uh, like a picture of his son. It's a dude in like a, you know, like an army uniform with yeah. a airborne patch. And he's mm-hmm. like, is your son even in the army? And then Ted Danson goes, no, <laughs> he's a stand up comedian in Austin. <laughs> just so. And you're just like, it's like one of those lines where you know the whole staff was like, that's the best line that's ever been yeah. in the show. Oh, yeah. and, and it's like, who were they talking about specifically that, whose dad was a car dealer yeah. in fucking Dallas? And Probably like Johnny stand- Hardwick or somebody because he's a comedian in Austin, the guy who plays Dale Gribble. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, who specifically were they talking? Whose dad yeah. was a car dealer? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they were talking. They named somebody. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's such a great show, and it is. But that's what I was gonna say. Is um, every guy that I've ever talked to that likes it, I'm like, oh, you you were a soft boy because you grew up to be an artist and to like have feelings and stuff and think about the world. Like, oh, that's adorable. Well, I think that's who Hank is a little bit. Yeah. The show Uh is him coming to terms with it because he always lands on the right side. It's like this weird morality tale and it is kind of like transcend. I mean, I think this also worked a lot better before like the Trump era or whatever, but there was this like left-right kind of setup in every show. Like, oh, are they in conflict? And then some sort of transcendent thing where he's like found a way around that sort of political divide which well it shows how most human most americans really view politics yeah which is like and are like most most middle class for lack of a better term americans view politics is like i want to be the right thing i want to believe the right thing yeah. I want like him not liking Bush because his handshake was weak. Yeah, that's was funny. such a real angle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. That yeah. it's like one of those things where like that's a beautiful because that is a, also a conversation that needs to be had yeah. because that's how a lot of people vote or yeah. that's how a lot of people think or you know. So when we get frustrated about this and this and you not understand this, you're like yeah. most people are just like. Man, I met that dude. He's weird as hell. Yeah, um, yeah. Or like, like his, I like his wife. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, I'm like, yeah. I know so many yeah. Southern women mm-hmm. that think Bill Clinton is an asshole, but they saw him in person. They're like, there's something special about yeah. Like, I've talked to these women and watched it happen. Like, very intelligent, driven Southern women. And be like, I saw him speak in Little Rock and it did something. Like, you're just like, wow, he my, has My mom thing. was in love with Bill Clinton. It was disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. It's really like, weird. and you're like, for yeah. sure, he's fucking everything because that's yeah. what he's putting out, too. Mm-hmm. Good yeah. for him. Um, <laughs> I would say good for him, except Monica got smeared on that unfairly. So well, you got to stick on the lady's side on that on this one. I, well, then let's say fuck. Linda trip on that one. Oh yeah, for sure. Fuck that bitch. <laughs> that's yeah. who. Yeah. That's who fucked them. Because then yeah. they were like, "Hey, I don't know, but we're gonna pick the presidency over this lady. I'm yeah. this young woman. I'm, I, I just." Yeah, for sure. That's us. And Linda Tripp was like, "Fuck this little girl." <laughs> yeah. 
That's it's messed up. Internalized that's misogyny, that's man. crazy politics. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Well, they um, knew. Well, yeah, and well been... the Clintons, for sure, they're like, we know yeah. how to play this with America, for yeah, sure. This is, exactly. Yeah, I'm just, just saying that they're. did it. Yeah. That core. But, um, any other gems from King of the Hill we want to drop before we go? <laughs> just to hire me. I can talk to yeah. do most of the voices that Mike, Mike can do. Um, <laughs> we grew I up don't. in a similar area, so our dialects are a lot of the same. <laughs> that's really good so if you that's get really tired good. i can step right in yeah you're like take a break take a break um that's awesome are you is there anything you want to plug billy wayne uh i have a podcast on patreon called podcast wayne davis uh there's no ads or anything i put it out whenever i want it's four dollars a love month love it um yeah. nice so you can't really get disappointed people unsubscribe i was I just I didn't have an opinion on Tim yeah. Dillon the other day, and people unsubscribed for me not having an opinion <laughs> because he didn't have an opinion about it. They're like, "What do you think about that?" And I'm like, "Well, he's my friend, but I don't know what he's talking about, so I can't." Yeah. And even if I was offended, I would call him. I'm not gonna. <laughs> yeah, like he's. I don't know if you know him. He says crazy stuff. That's what he <laughs> does. That's it. It's a consistent thing more than anything else. So yeah. So I don't. He. He doesn't influence my vote. That's what I say about Tim. Um, <laughs> so, uh, um, so, so, yeah, that's it. And then I have a grown local okay. thing. So you can unfollow me or follow me for whatever my friends <laughs> do. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, for whatever my friends do. I know it's tough. It's tough, man, out here having to <laughs> vouch for people and shit. I'm like, I have a no vouching policy in 2021. I only know people in a very strict context of how I know them, and I cannot speak for them outside of this very specific context. I don't it's, know. It's also like, why Why are these strangers making you be like, you friends are fucked Dude, up? Dude, like, can I yeah, tell you something? I know. Can, I, this? can I tell you something? Can I this? I got mad on the internet. That's the name of this podcast. I got mad on the internet this week because I made a tweet, as I tend to do, and a comedian, I don't know who, sent a screen grab of my tweet to a friend of mine, another comedian, and convinced her that I was subtweeting her. And that my friend like texted me to be like, why would you do this? And I'm like, why would you think this? And it's because some other person thought this was about you and that I would talk about you. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with all of you? Why would you even? He's bored. He's bored. That's a that's a lot of like, like you need to read a book. Yeah, exactly. No. And and but now I'm project. like, there's, I like am, there's like legit reason to be upset. <laughs> I know. But now I'm like literally like not just mad at my friends, but I don't I'm mad at all her friends. I don't know which one it is. So I'm like, fuck all y'all <laughs> because you're that, all bad I mean, people. I like to <laughs> yeah, just I'm be out. like, oh, I don't. Right. Well, I, dissociate I think like, it's <laughs> a weird thing on the Internet. We'll just end with this, too, yeah. is <laughs> we just, when when people want to argue. Out, Jake, and then you and argue Wayne, with them, <laughs> and then they get mad. Yeah. That's well, this the is an odd, ongoing thing. I was that curious. Is the strangest it. one for me is like where it's like you started arguing with me, and yeah. then I argued back, and now you're mad at. Me. Now you're mad. Yeah, exactly. But like I don't exactly. understand. Like I like I can, it when someone attacks, like they say something mean to you, and then you like yeah. get them back, and then they block you, and it's like you came <laughs> here, motherfucker. I don't even know. Who it you is are. a strange, <laughs> strange. Yeah, exactly. Or when like yeah, sometimes I think because. I'm thoughtful. They think I'm sweet, mm-hmm. and I'm sweet to people You're in my sweet life. Boy. Yeah, with, but like I've also 
been doing stand-up comedy with a left perspective with this accent for 15 years yeah. so if you come at me i'm gonna come right back at you yeah. and my favorite thing is they're always like you wouldn't say that in person you're like i would and i, I tell people when i'm gonna be there and <laughs> yeah. what time and i say it into a loudspeaker yeah. you guys so a lot of people can hear me yeah. what are you talking about and they're like it's just they want you to apologize and it's just like yeah. i'm not if I do something wrong, I will. But but if not, I stand by my words. Same. That's the policy on this podcast. Um, I actually, yeah, I'm really glad well, to talk I'm to you. And I can't wait to see you in person and talk again. Jake, in Atlanta was the last time I saw Billy Wayne in person, I think. And we like saw each other outside of a coffee shop during the day during a comedy festival. And like literally we're just there getting coffee. And then we just like sat outside of the coffee shop for like, oh, I'm just going to have one cigarette. And we were there for like almost three hours <laughs> just it was doing funner this. Than, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. That makes that me feel fun. a lot better because yeah. for a while I was like, this podcast is really kind of going off the rails. But if this is just what it is like to hang out with you two, then that's yeah, a <laughs> Not perfect enjoyable? Inca- we no, it's fun. I was just worried. Like, should I be moderate? Should I be like getting us to King of the Hill? It doesn't fucking matter. Do you yeah. think I could ever get you and Louis J. Gomez on my podcast together? Could I get you guys in the same room? Because no. I like you both a lot. I, I respect, think that's very funny. I respect your neutrality on all this, and I like you, but I fucking hate all those people for, like, okay, legitimate that's reasons. That's why, that, that's why I brought it up, because I do... Yeah. It's funny to me because I yeah. like you both, yeah. and I think you're both funny and Listen, similar listen. people, I think, is probably why there's so much vitriol. Listen. That, I mean, that, listen! Listen! Well listen, he asked me a question. The comic in me agrees with you. The human in me that's, disagrees, right? Okay, I do think it would be funny, thing. but I think it would be, I'd be dicking over people See, I understand. who that's what, these okay, people have threatened and stuff like that. That makes more sense to right. me than from my outside perspective where it's like, I just, I, I think if you could get on, you guys are similar. I've had too many fucking friends who are women get rape threats from their fans and stuff for me to go and say that's okay by going on their fucking show. I understand shit. that part of it. Okay. Can't do it. Fuck Not just that. But you're fine. But I yeah. love, like, it's just, it's interesting to me because I like you both. Do you know what I mean? So, like, I like one of you any guys. Of those, <laughs> I understand. Like, yeah. I just, so to me, the, there's like a part of me where it's like, I've always thought like, man, Every I think if I could comedian get them, thinks this shit and I understand why. Yeah. I understand the comic perspective, but I am kind of still a human being on top of being a comedian. I get the, those are the grounds of which I, I have, don't feel compelled to fucking hang out with everyone if I no, don't No, you like don't have them. to say anymore or get this started anymore. So I appreciate what I, the human aspect. Now I understand there's some comedians that I also feel that way. Like <laughs> I respect them as comedians and I probably fans of theirs comedically and what they do. But as human beings, you're right. I just, I don't fuck with them. So that's all I, w- I think that's, you can edit well, this I, out no, later. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. No, this is what the show is, is baby. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was Billy, just Billy, Billy, Billy I'm not yelling at you. I like you, man. So. I just, the reason I was yelling yeah. is because I was like, we're just, we're all very talkative. So I was like, I gotta yeah. get on this podcast. Yeah. All right. Well, you already answered each other. So can I fucking say the thing now? All okay, right. Fine. The thing I was going to say, because it's not a Billy Wayne thing. It's a thing that I've been told by other people too. Like, oh, they're just per- like pretty similar. And they, if they could just kiss, get passed over their differences, they would probably be friends. And it's like, no, dude, I'm friends with one and not the other because one spit on me and pushed a comic on the floor or like pushed a comic and tried to attack him inside of a club during my show, Billy Wayne. No, I understand. Like, he got, is a person who is violent towards others. Jake is not. 
All right, at least not as I'm aware of, <laughs> you know, going back to the vouching thing, in any context that I'm aware of, in a club, in, in a show. No, it's a, I understand that. You know that. I, mean? I was like, no, it was and, like a, and from I, an and, outs. I live 3,000 miles away. So Let there me is finish like this because it's, it's not about you. This is about me. It's not even about Jake. It's about me because I have people acting like I chose Jake's side because I'm his friend. They are not the same. And in the situation, they were not the same. So I'm not, cho- I'm choosing a person who behaved professionally at a show and on top of that is my friend instead of a person who pretended to be my friend and then disrespected me and spit on me inside of a club on a show that on a night that I was running a show fuck that guy dude don't people like any person that comes up to me to act like I made some kind of biased decision by standing by Jake you're a fucking idiot you don't I don't think anyone here is saying that I, know. I think I no, asked, I just, is, I directed that at Jake. I was just curious right, if I could get no. him and what I was very clear about the from fact like that this an entertainment standpoint. <laughs> well, I mean, she got let spit on, so more. it makes sense that she would have something to say about it. Oh, know? I totally understand, but I, it's like the vitriol was, seemed to be no. directed at me. Uh, and that's why I was like, hey, I live in this moment. I didn't want you to relive. I'm just Latina. And then nah, everybody thinks The show's called Why You Mad? Because we just yell about it. We're bad people. Yeah. No, I was just saying, it's. Blood. For me, it's a comedic standpoint. Like I went to Montreal yeah, with him, yeah. and like there's this thing, like, yeah. Where, and I also know where he came from as a human being, so I think there's like this empathy. No, me too. I, I worked with him. So, I was yeah. on show this morning. So okay, another part understand. of this is, but I also understand the human being side of the comedy part. Where that part, I understand where there's like you know there's a handful of motherfuckers that I'm like, ah, I'm just probably not gonna be there tonight if they're gonna be there. Well, also, as a and DIY guy, I mean, you know, comedy like honestly has this aspect to it where it, you will like degrade yourself for an opportunity to work with other people, and you're never supposed to turn anything down. And you will at some point be tempted to like disrespect yourself and the friends around you based on this principle that you are supposed to to hang out with everyone. And I got to a point where I just honestly I started making enough money where I was like, oh, finally, if I see one of these motherfuckers in public, I don't have to talk to them. No, that's <laughs> with that, I mean, I that want, is, man. That is well, every comic. That's not that I mean, that is just part of the the process too is yeah. you see who it, the fame thing is very revealing and then and then finding your way is is also a nice way to do it. Mm-hmm. I think I think better than the fame thing is yeah. if you find your way uh um Make your sorry own I just got a phone call it threw me yeah. off um <laughs> no, no. but finding your way it like there is that point where you're just like oh I don't I'm not chasing these other things that these people are pissed and and involved yeah. in like it's like like when you realize like oh these lists Oh, that's a publicist puts those out, or yeah. oh, that's weird. Nine of those people are on one agency. How's yeah. that? Like that's like that kind of thing. Once you start realizing how the business works, mm-hmm. you realize like oh, it's okay. Here's the thing that that flips people out and used to make them angry in Seattle when I lived there was that some of my favorite comedians who I find like have a totally different point of view than me. Yeah. And like that fuck them up. Does that make yeah. like well, how can you I'm like because they're really good at timing. The way they present their ideas 
isn't it's very funny i don't agree with them and i think they're wrong on a base level but as a stand-up comedian they're fucking incredible oh i think tim dillon is like a a great comedian and i hate the guy because he was a dick to me personally but i am not one of these fucking wieners that thinks oh someone was rude to me therefore now they're not funny or they have bad politics therefore you ruin your credibility like listen i don't yeah there's like a ton of motherfuckers that are like in fact, okay, I think Kyle f- Mooney on SNL. He came to a party I threw one time, uninvited, and was a cocksucker <laughs> the whole time. But I think that motherfucker is so fucking is funny like, and yeah. weird and different. Mm-hmm. But he's never invited to any of my parties <laughs> ever again. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I mean that's that's how you can tell a real comic because somebody who really loves comedy is willing to admit somebody they hate is you know fucking funny. You know? Yeah. And with Tim, I mean, honestly, I think that I, I tell people all the time, like the fact that he's funny is what's most dangerous about him because I think he's profiting off of some rather reactionary ideas that he's peddling at a pretty, pretty. Oh, I, I thought we were off the. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Already, and I was going to say something. Never mind. Oh. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, fuck it. But no, um, I think we're movie, aware of what he's doing. No, but, but the movie that I was telling you about, uh, <laughs> a face in the crowd, it is about Tim Dillon. Yeah, you gotta sure. watch it. Oh, it's very much about like, yeah, no, who is like a very unique, <laughs> specific voice that gets found by industry and finds. Sh- should we get off mic before we start no, that's talking about too much shit? All of us. That's <laughs> no, about- no, 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 because it turns into the political thing. You, all of you, don't pursue this like political platform and political power. I don't sell reactionary shit. Yeah. I think I'm pretty straightforward, and the only thing I sell is you should fucking destroy capitalism. And I sell t-shirts. Yeah, anyway, this podcast has gone long enough. I can't can't go that far. I appreciate that. But (laughs) I do, I will go that there needs to be so much more socialism in this country. It's ridiculous. But we got to balance that shit out. And I know what you're going after, and I'm not mad at your your ways. But I'm going after a different audience than you guys. So Yeah. Sure. We are doing incremental things, and yeah. well, we're doing comedy, which is like we're not—it's not fucking activism, you know. It's just—it it is uh, the way I've been doing it for the last fifteen years. To in, in a way, to these redneck motherfuckers and these rural motherfuckers, that mm-hmm. I can get them to listen to me that other fuckers can't. Challenging uh, your audience, yeah, that's true. That I, exactly and I will say it to their face, and they also know if they have a problem, they might kick my ass, but I will fight back, and they don't understand. They just know that that there's a tip of the hat to that, and I think that's who I'm trying to convince. That's who we move across that line, and that's yeah, how we get fucking healthcare. It's I not agree, the rich. So it's like getting these assholes yeah. that I've been staring at for 15 years, telling them this is racism what you're doing, and this is yeah. fucking you're you're wrong about this shit. Like yeah. that is activism. Because I couldn't just go say it to their face because I got Without tired of getting funny. punched. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to make them laugh. Oh, that's, that's, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, now we're really going to leave. Uh, Will, <laughs> Billy Wayne, we will put all your information, including the podcast, on the show description. So that way people can find it. Uh, Jake, did you want to plug anything? Um, yeah. Uh, fucking my other show, Pod Damn America, and my ads, Feral Jokes, you know, all that shit. Um... Hopefully I'll be doing live stand-up again soon. I think I got a new show. I think I got a show coming out at the B Cafe. I'll list it on fucking Twitter. I'm, I'm doing a stand-up set at some point soon. So if you're in New York, uh, come watch me do comedy badly. I haven't done it live in six months. Hell yeah. All right. Casual sets NYC for me. Show starting May 13th. Uh, you'll find the info there. Can't wait to see you guys. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see you in real life. Say hi to Aaron and the family and everything. Yeah, man. Well, I'll get a piece of that. Because that was really <laughs> fun. All right. Thanks, Bye. man. Thank you, guys.